Hello, Zimbabwe, and welcome to Live Talk. We are coming to you live from Studio 7 at the Voice of America in Washington. I'm your host, Kip Stube. Today on Live Talk Diaspora Forum, we are talking about the crackdown on illegal immigrants by an opposition party in South Africa and Operation Tutula. But first, a look at what is happening elsewhere. The White House continues to reject mounting calls for a cessation of hostilities between Israel and Hamas in, in Gaza, sending mixed signals amid President Joe Biden's efforts to appease some Americans' calls for a ceasefire. White House Bureau Chief Patsy Witakuswara reports. The death toll has topped 23,000 people, according to the Gaza Health Ministry, as Israel continues its military operations, insisting it will stop only after Hamas is eliminated, despite mounting calls for a ceasefire. We do continue to support humanitarian pauses, but not a general ceasefire right now. Uh, the president wasn't signaling any change at all. The National Security Council's John Kirby reiterated the U.S. position to VOA during Tuesday's briefing, despite this remark from President Joe Biden a day earlier. I've been quietly working with the Israeli government to get them to reduce and significantly get out of Gaza. I'm using all that I can to do Biden was responding to hecklers urging him to call for a ceasefire. One of the most public demonstrations yet of how the conflict is dividing American voters ahead of the November presidential election. The Biden administration and President Biden himself are in a very difficult position here because there still is a significant portion of the American public that is very strongly in support of the Israel-United uh, States alliance and views uh, any effort not to support Israel 100% as uh, as uh, threatening to this alliance. A December Gallup poll shows that 38% of Americans believe Israel receives about the right amount of U.S. support, while 36% think it gets too much and 24% too little. 40% of Democrats and independents say the U.S. provides too much support for Israel, compared with 26% of Republicans. Patsy Widakuswara, Viewing News, Washington. The United States says it is pausing its participation in the Zimbabwe Structures Dialogue Platform on debt clearance with creditors and development partners following the disputed 2023 elections, which it says were not free, fair, and credible. In an exclusive interview, charged the affairs at the U.S. Embassy in Harare, Ms. Elaine French also said USA is funding a lot of programs in Zimbabwe despite its strained relations between the two nations. I've been in Zimbabwe now for a year and a half. Um, I arrived in August 2022 as the Chargé d'Affaires 
Uh, and in that time, I've really had an opportunity to travel around the country uh, on a number of different trips and see um, a lot of what the U.S. government and the U.S. Embassy uh, is doing in this country. Um, a lot of the life-saving assistance we're providing the Zimbabwe people. Um, our embassy has a number of other U.S. agencies at it, including the U.S. Agencies for International Development and the U.S. Uh, Center for, Centers for Disease Control. Um, and uh, through a lot of these trips, I've been able to see their work firsthand with uh, the, the public of Zimbabwe. And I think what's been clear to me is that, uh, you know, the United States has been here as a consistent partner with the people of Zimbabwe since Zimbabwe's independence. Uh, we were one of the first countries to open up an embassy here in 1980. Um, and in the last 44 years, we've provided a, a lot of assistance to the people of Zimbabwe, um, close to $5, million, $5 billion worth of assistance uh, in Zimbabwe. And uh, I think it really shows kind of our, our partnership and our consistency in Zimbabwe over the last four decades. Um, you might think, some might think that that assistance has uh, been uh, been diminishing or reducing in recent years, but actually, in fact, it's increased. Um, over the last three years alone, the United States has provided $1 billion in, in health, humanitarian, and development uh, assistance to the people of Zimbabwe. So I think the, the key message here is that, um, you know, we have been a consistent and unwavering partner um, here to the people of Zimbabwe. Um, but to your question specifically, um, since the August 2023 elections and, and even before that, I, I would say that I would characterize the relationship as, as strained between the government of Zimbabwe and the United States, um, partly due to the lack of progress on democratic reforms on behalf of the government of Zimbabwe, which I think were exemplified in, in the recent August 2023 elections. Um, you know, despite the calm and the patience and the resilience we saw from the people of Zimbabwe during elections, we, we felt that the elections fell short uh, of regional and international standards. And, and quite honestly, we're not alone in that feeling. Um, many of the electoral observer missions reported the same, including some of Zimbabwe's own neighbors in the, in the SADC region. Um, we shared this sentiment with uh, the government in advance and during and after elections, our, our concerns. Uh, we've, you know, we, we were also deeply disturbed by some of the events that have happened uh, since elections, in particular, some of the violent acts against um, opposition members and supporters, um, some of which have been injured and, and, and even killed. Um, so our message is really clear uh, to the government of Zimbabwe. We, we urge them to take meaningful steps towards open, accountable, uh, and democratic governance reforms. We think that that is what is key and important going forward in our relationship. Uh, the recourse that have happened after the August 2023 elections and the by-elections that started barely mm -hmm. uh, less than two months after the elections. What's your assessment of that? How do you characterize that? And also, uh, what's your assessment of the opposition um, triple things in Zimbabwe? Well, our, our feeling is that individuals who won by large margins in the August 2023 elections, um, it, you know, should not be removed by the voice of one person. It really undermines the will of the people, the, the people that came out and voted on Election Day in August 2023. Um, as I've mentioned, we urge the government uh, to take very clear reforms on kind of open and democratic processes. Um, 
The United States does not support any political parties nor candidates in Zimbabwe. Um, we support democratic institutions and processes. That was charged to affairs at the U.S. Embassy in Harare, Miss Ellen French, speaking with VOS Rutendo Mawere in Harare. But ZANU-PF Communications Director Farai Marapira says Zimbabwe has conducted free and fair elections, adding that the ruling party is not worried about Miss Ellen French's remarks. ZANU-PF, we have always made it clear that we maintain uh, President Idi Nangagwa's open-door policy. Um, it's unfortunate um, some people are failing to accept uh, the results uh, that came out in August because they are not what they themselves wanted, as is the case of the American Embassy. But they must understand that the whole point of democracy is for the people to vote for who they want into office, and the people did that in August. They voted for President Mnangagwa and they voted for ZANU-PF. Now, if the people vote and uh, make a choice which is contrary, to what the Americans want and expect. The Americans should not then uh, seek um, to sully or stain a very clear statement by the people of who they choose to support. Be that as it may, um, our doors remain open. The president has been very clear. Uh, we are a friend to all and an enemy to none. Um, we remain friends with the Americans. We are not their enemies, even at the West. Uh, or at the West Point, we are not their enemies. So we simply await them should they choose to reconsider and uh, re-engage and come back to the table as equals, the door, as President Idim Nangago said, will always be open. Thank you. That was ZANU-PF Communications Director Farai Marapira speaking with VOS Rutendo Mawere in Arare. And now back to our main topic. Most Zimbabweans who live and work in South Africa are now back in that country. Those with valid work permits used legal ports of entry, while undocumented Zimbabweans attempted to sneak into the country by crossing the crocodile-infested Limpopo River. This time, these reptiles were not the only snake, as they also faced members of the opposition Patriotic Alliance who were patrolling the border without state clearance. The party is working in conjunction with Operation Tutula to forcibly remove illegal immigrants they claim are mostly stealing their jobs and pushing drugs. Please stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. In times of change, when the world seems uncertain, and what we hear doesn't reflect what we see, we seek the truth. When we are told only part of the story, we lose trust. In moments of crisis, our dreams, hopes, and wishes for a better tomorrow depend on a free press. At Voice of America, we bring you the stories that people take risks to see. We connect the world and unite it with truth. At Voice of America, we show you the whole picture. For those that have just joined us, please note that we are streaming live on our Facebook pages, VOA Shona, VOA Studio 7, 
and VOA Ndebele. We are also live on YouTube, VOA Zimbabwe. Today we are discussing the crackdown on illegal immigrants in South Africa. And we we'll also talk about what is happening in terms of passports. We understand the, the Zimbabweans living in different countries will not be eligible to get passports while in those countries. To discuss this issue, we are joined by Mr. Ngabuto Mapena, Chairperson of the Zimbabwe Community in South Africa. And we also have Mr. Uh, Professor Rikim Konza, who is uh, right now in, in London, but is working in South Africa. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you uh, so thank you much. Greetings to you and greetings uh, to your listeners. And thank you so much. So let's start with you, Mr. Mapena. You saw what is happening. You know, the Patriotic Alliance chasing some Zimbabweans, you know, along the Limpopo River. And there's an outcry over that. So why do this at this time of, of the year, you know? Well, 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 in terms of the Patriotic Alliance or any other South African patrolling the borders, is not an issue for us to comment because South Africa is sovereign. It is a sovereign state uh, that has to be uh, overseen by the South African government. Whether they approve of that or disapprove of that is an internal issue. Ours is to call on the Zimbabwean government to, to reduce the prices of passport because many people do not afford the, the passport fees. This is why you end up people crossing uh, to South Africa using uh, illegal entry points because if you were to reduce the price of passport to a level where ordinary people will uh, uh, manage to apply for the or afford to apply for the passport, uh, people will be using correcting entry points because if the passport is $150, uh, how many people do afford that are in Zimbabwe? Some of these people, they will just want to be coming to do some groceries in Musina or to, to come and sell their goods or to stock their goods for resale taking in Zimbabwe, so the passport is out of reach. Those that are working in South Africa, we always advise them that they need to plan their travel. It is January now, 2024. I know that in December 2024, I will travel. If I do not have a passport or any of my family members do not have a passport, I need to budget so that by the time I travel in December for holidays, I'll be using a Zimbabwean passport. Thank you very much, Jens. On the line, Mr. Mapena, let's go to Professor Mkonza. He works in South Africa, but at the moment he is in London. So welcome to the program. What's your take on what is happening, hey, Professor uh, thank, you. thank you very much, Gibbs. Uh, I, I think what uh, the patriotic... Front and Operation Dundula uh, comrades are doing must be seen within the elections mood that is in South Africa. Groups uh, uh, and listeners, you uh, know that uh, in South Africa in tw this year there are going to be uh, elections, and uh, obviously uh, Patriotic Front is one of the competitors or participating uh, political parties. They would want to. See portray themselves as being nationalistic or more nationalistic than other parties. They would also want to, um, you know, uh, score uh, political points by portraying the African National Congress government as, uh, uh, you know, failing to do its uh, one of its basic uh, responsibilities of, uh, you know, ensuring that uh, 
borders of South Africa are secure. So that's why you are then seeing them doing what they are doing. I agree with Mr. Nabuto that uh, uh, the responsibility to ensure that, uh, you know, passports are within the reach of most Zimbabweans should be with the Zimbabwean government. Uh, so, but from a, a political analysis point of view, I think let's uh, see it as part of campaigning by the uh, Patriotic Alliance in South Africa, because migration is going to form part of, uh, uh, part of uh, you know, is going to be a key issue in the upcoming election. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Mkonza. Hold on there. We've got a caller. Excuse me, okay. Caller, let's see. Caller, Mbani, let's see. Hello, caller. Hello, Mbani. Hello, Mbani. Hello, Mbani. No, fine. How are you doing? I'm fine, indeed. Fine. Who are we talking to? Hello, Dian Tutalnai. Hello, Baba. I think we've lost that caller, literally. So, yeah, what is where Baba? Uma pena. So, Baba, Uma pena. Ask Angela Kaltesi, Kayanzano, Loketo, Lolo, Jalo, Patriotic Alliance, Wazawayo, the operation to do like one given the NC, one away too. Consider a corner of the people, I will locate all call. I won't jump for it. Yeah, we will locate all call, Nabatabana, Oguti. South Africa has told him seven in Oguti, Gula Bandu Boguza, Abasavens on a committee training Baza, Tola Amavoti, Sponi Lebe with seven in twenty twenty one, Guma local government elections, Owens, Utiba, Tolenje, his shallows in Luchana, which runs the city council, Savoni ANC in Atoli, La Pane, a sexual voting over Etwane Munspaliti, Sefulega, Ekurulen, Nelson Mandela Bay. You call the Batabango, who changes in the way of Andu Boguza, Israel, and South Africa is about Votela. What does there was with Indo and an Ekilega Kurulu Keto, Yeboye, Indaba, immigration, migration, what a Gulenda by a Lord Shetting, a Yo, a Super, Abandabaneng, a Macampan, Ayavala, and Jalofuto Patriotic Alliance, Gaba proposed an alternative economic policy, Mobabona Bagufaga, Uguti, Abandu Boguza, Benabuela, Emma Gubogia, Vulera, in seven. economic policy, a Yo, Ayenza, Uguti, Mm, Professor Mkonza, so, uh, you know, in your mother language, do you think that this uh, immigration issue is very critical to most parties in South Africa, including the ruling party? South Africa, Kuwagari. Kunyanyanya Varnese Pass, Nebulaco Kutim Koma Gib, a Zurkit Kandesa Kuti Zazawaze Kunze, this Nama paper, Zirkur Wira Mabasa, Nezo Pumi, Zakaita Sutendis, Zokita Matak Shop, Zakaita Mabasano and Panese Guzas, Nezizarwa, South Africa, Izosina, a maskew. 
saka ichori nyaya hombe chaya chayo pa sarudzo nekuti
inabantu aningi le banga nama passport mara ngeke siba siba blame sazi ukuthi ukutravela asithi abanye bayathumela uyodinisa wa passport yabo Swaziland or Mozambique ku even nase Zimbabwe 800 uya Swaziland abanye bathi 1000 uya Zimbabwe so ngesikhathi abantu bayadawula apha njalo njalo ngesikhathi lesi abantu abasadawula apha bayadlula ngase border gate lapha ngenye izathu kodwa even amaphoyisa bayazwela abantu ngine ukuthi nawo amaphoyisa azi uthela abantu nabo bafuna kuphila so izinto zihlanganela nazo kwane sala demazi vela pe Zimbabwe yeah, thank you very much, Baba Richard Moyo. Let's go back to Mr. Nabuto Mapena. So, Mr. Mapena, you know, there are indications that the government wants to issue passports. Let's say in South Africa, they do everything for everyone, and then you get them from there. How possible is this? That's the first question. And how accessible can those passports be? Take into account that uh, you know the the fees uh, is, is very high. Well, well, well uh, I, I think it doesn't change much because uh, people do apply for Zimbabwean passports uh, at the consulate. What what you need, of course, is to decentralize because we only have a, a consulate in Cape Town and uh, in Johannesburg. Those that are in Limpopo, Northwest, in Pumalanga, Eastern Cape, they have to travel to either Cape Town or Johannesburg to apply. Because here, once you complete your passport forms, you Korea, that those Zimbabwe get processed, and then you can pick it up here. So I think the whole aim is to generate money because the passport is $150, US dollars. So uh, passport application is one of the uh, key revenues that now government is harvesting on. Uh, they've realized that there are many Zimbabweans that are in South Africa and they, they want to milk as many people as possible. So it's not real about uh, providing a, a service for people to apply for passports. It's about really making money because uh, that's the avenue that uh, they want to raise their uh, revenue. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Mko Professor Mkonza. Your last word. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I want to just uh, concur with Ms. Mabena that... Uh, that the government is, uh, you know, the Zimbabwean government is uh, demonstrating, you know, uh, a, a certain level of, uh, you know, irresponsibility. Because passports are supposed to be documents that uh, citizens are entitled to uh, in order for them to travel from one country to the other. But it would appear as if uh, government is, uh, uh, you know, you know, positioning this as a revenue-generating mechanism, which is not supposed to be, because uh, um, passports are supposed to be, you know, getting a passport is supposed to be a public service. But now you look at it, it, it appears more like a government is looking at it as a money-making scheme, which is something that uh, um, whether they make, it, make these passports available, but the bottom line is, I think the mm -hmm. way in which we're doing it is not right. Yes, hold on there, gentlemen, we are getting news that uh Zimbabwe's information minister has actually dismissed the state-owned Zimbabwe Broadcasting Corporation's board and got, and got rid of two television pre presenters over remarks they made over uh, King Lopengula, uh, you, you know. And then the uh, sources were saying that, uh, you know, those, uh, the board was dissolved simply because of governance issues 
and uh, this issue of the tribal divisive remarks. So there's a new board. So let's see who is there in the new board. I see that there is Nenat Ilusurukuni, Dr. Henry Mukono, Charles Munganaso, Precious Charandura, Chiponeta, Lewis Uriri, and Heliot Trushaya. This announcement was made by the president today. So, Mr. Mabena, you'll last wait on that. Well, well I, I, th I think we, we condemn uh, what uh, the two presenters of ZPC have been saying. Uh, this is what we did when, when the newspaper application uh, uh, said the same through that cartoon. And in our view, we think that uh, we need to educate our young people with the correct history. We might be blaming them, but uh, this is what they are told. So it's critical that we review our history syllabus so that mm -hmm. we teach our our young people the correct history so that we do not cause equity divisions in the country. Ten seconds, Professor Mkonza. Um, yes, I, I followed the story, and the, uh, probably that was the the right thing to do. Uh, but like Mr. Mabena said, I think more education needs to be done to the young people so that they they know uh, the correct thing. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That brings us to the end of our show today. Signing off in Washington, I'm Kip Stubbe.